Hello, and welcome to PlayStation Unchained, episode 156. Yes, back again, and oh, we got a bumper one for you this week. Uh, and special guest again, uh, face from the past, has come to relay us with tales of robot dinosaurs and more. Um, Weird how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's uh, written more articles than Minnesota has lakes. He's our half-brother from another cast he, known as PlayStation Fix. It's Kyle Prowl. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing great. That's a great intro. It almost <laughs> yeah. it was almost like you rehearsed it. Almost. almost. <laughs> In your head, almost, right? <laughs> almost like I spent the day just doing little things like this. And yeah, it's become a, a common thing in recent weeks where I do, my, do a little uh, beginning bit. It's you a, killed it, man. The Minnesota reference, the lakes, that that's all that's like well, locally tailored. <laughs> yeah, I have got one for everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> Killer. Well, I'm, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Um as far as weeks for my reappearance go, this feels like a pretty good one. Mm. Uh, so I'm very glad for it. Thank you. Excellent. Well, we shall definitely hear a lot more from you in a bit when we do talk about that big game thing that came out or will be coming out soon. It's, a, it's hard to remember that one. You know, the review date was so far from the release date. You have to sure, almost forget sure. that it's not out yet. Um, also, we have the man who's often found around Peace Home Park trying to form a party to take on the Beast of Scarborough. It's Ben Chilliver Hall. Way References. References. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. How goes you? Not too bad. Not too bad. I do have a little thing to say about this week. It seems we have no mic this week, but I've been told it's because his cleaning bill, his clean, new clothes have arrived and his oil for tonight's gym session has arrived. So he is busy at the gym in his G-string. So. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those not knowing the reference, or and indeed for Kyle in that regard, um, <laughs> this goes the, down the to audience a, avatar in this case. <laughs> yes. Um, of course, this references a few episodes ago where Ben confused gyms with strip clubs for some reason. And oh, yeah. that's odd. So yes, whenever Mike has to go to the gym, that apparently is where he goes. So it's, uh, Mike hasn't denied it yet, to be yeah. fair. So. Mm. <laughs> he hasn't he's, certainly hand, he's certainly handsome enough to be among the premier cast of one. Oh, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah quite easily. It's, uh, no. Until he yeah. says no, I'm going to just assume I was right. Yeah. I mean, it's always at night and a weekend. Yeah. Huh? yeah, Sunday's a weird one. You must be the B team for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there are other people here. Um, he was last seen attacking Coney Island cyclone roller coaster in preparation for Horizon Zero Dawn. It's Alfonso Boxhill. How you doing, Alfonso? <laughs> How you doing, Neil, Gary, Ben, and to you, Carl? First time. You know, finally talking to you, and um, again, no like doubt, I said, no doubt. looking forward to talking to you about Horizon. Um, I'm doing well. I'm just looking forward to Horizon and Tuesday, um, but I'm not looking forward to Friday, as you know. The last time Hugh Jackman will play the Wolverine character, so it's a good and bad week. Um, oh, bittersweet, right? Playing. Going to that yeah, last last yeah. time. Yeah, hmm, yeah. See. yeah. Switch could be the. Uh... The, the decider on that sort of uh, runoff, <laughs> it seems. But uh, cool, we got Alfonso. And like Alfonso, this man has been preparing himself for Horizon, and as a result, he's now banned from Salt Lake City's Hogel Zoo. It's Gary Bagdazara. What 
That's fantastic, man. Bravo. I mean, honestly, bravo across the board, not just myself, for Alfonso, for Gary, for Ben. Neil, you killed it. Uh, no, I've set myself too high. That's it. That's my peak. I'm done. Well, that's the podcast wrapped, everyone. Good work. Or... Podcast, general life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a plaque done for this. And uh, yeah, how about it? I'll send a trophy to you. Yes, send me a trophy. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll definitely help. Um, yeah, anyway, Gary. Hi. And, uh, hello, hello. Well. <laughs> fantastic. I really appreciate that. That's it. That's all the fun of it. And from here on out, I won't be as scripted and rehearsed, to be honest. So it'll be a, a lot more rambly. Um, let's get on and get cracking with the stuff. Um, I suppose we could start with what we've been playing, as that may lead into other things we've got to talk about. Um, let's see. What, who should we start with? Not Kyle, obviously, because he has Horizon. Um, ben, let's start with the short stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what you been doing? Uh, Final Fantasy XIV and yep. Ghost Recon Wildlands. Which one is splendid, the other is, eh, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah Ghost Recon is the... very, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not and great. I just, I can't decide if I like it or I don't like it. It's very empty. It feels a bit light. You know, I mean... I was amused by the fact that a llama could spit at you, but <laughs> less it. so that, that its legs didn't move and it moved around like it was on a stick. <laughs> you know, beta or not, the game comes out in just over a week. So, To be honest, if they were on sticks, that'd be more amusing. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a massive uh, tropical puppet show? Yes. Yeah. It honestly does look like that as well. So, uh, yeah. I, I was not... I keep yeah. thinking incomplete when I see gifs and screenshots on Twitter and stuff. Like it just it it has it has the look of an incomplete game to me. Yeah, you guys see like, that I'm... magical uh, flying car that I had. I, I was at one of the towns doing the base, and then suddenly I saw this car like fly past in the background, hit a building, fall into the road, then fly up into the building again, then do that a couple of times, and the car just disappeared. And then, I, and then once we finished the mission again, the car reappeared and did the exact same motion over and over again. It's like on the loop, a flying car. It's like the, it's like the glitch that can't be killed. <laughs> You're reloading a save didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they meant it. You never know. It's a, maybe it's a secret deep within Wildlands that it turns out. <laughs> also, that it's a big empty simulator for a reason. <laughs> also, for some reason, Salt Lake, um, you could walk across it. I think it's supposed to be not supposed to be that shallow, but you can walk across it. But all the AI teammates have to swim. Wait, what? Salt Lake? Yeah. No, not not literally Salt Lake City, but yeah. or oh, okay. yeah, like a salty lake. <laughs> yeah, an actual lake that's salty. Yeah, I thought like, it was in Utah. I was about to get in there and <laughs> but, yeah, 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 the lands of Utah. It's definitely <laughs> the drug trafficking there is just monstrous. Uh. But no, it's like I could walk across it just fine, but the AI had to swim across. It just looked weird. Yeah. It's yeah, for a game so close to release, even it seems very yeah, as Kyle said, incomplete, unfinished. It's but I don't know. I just wonder if once you see the whole map there's something we're missing. Like UFOs. Yeah, like <laughs> UFOs probably and find out that yeah, it is in Salt Lake City maybe. <laughs> It was Utah all along. 
It was Utah all along. It's a simulation it. by Utah scientists. <laughs> uh, Gary's the final boss. Gary's the final boss. <laughs> oh, jeez. Best final boss ever. Excellent. So, Ben, other than those two staples, um, anything else? A bit of World of Final Fantasy, of course. Not much, though, but a little bit of that. And a little bit more of that VR ping pong game. Mm, which uh, is still as terrible as it was last week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the review, though, I find it funny. Uh, although it uses the VR headset, if you watch it on the screen, it doesn't look, you know, it looks fine. So they could have just released it without the VR. It'll probably be one of those ones that they will. I think they just did that with um, Here They Lie. They've just made that. A normal game. Oh, well, I was sure. wondering why that kept popping up on my feed as like a as like a new release or like it was getting this promo cycle again. I was like, what? That's... Yeah, I think it's a, way, a good way of keeping interest. Though. You know, just sort of go, oh, here it is again. You can yeah, play, sure. play it without it's uh, which considering some people did get a bit of vom inducing yuckness out of it, it makes sense, I suppose, to sort of branch out a bit. Yeah, no doubt. Costs as well, you know. That's always a problem with well, that. Which is kind of weird. Like, so if I bought that game on VR, do I get the regular one for free? I believe so, yeah. That's good. Why, is, why couldn't they just patch it in and said, oh, here you can play without VR now? Or rather than have a separate app for it? Yeah. Hmm. Like, like Resident Evil 7, you can, it's just an option. You can turn on VR or not. Why couldn't they just do the same thing with this game? Smaller studio, I suppose. Yeah. It's... Maybe it was easier this way. Who knows? Who I must knows? admit that I, I never noticed until recently that YouTube has a VR mode, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed a few videos. Yeah. It's uh, sort of popped up here and there. Well, it's, when you uh, actually just load up, it just says, do you want to load the original version or VR app? Oh, well, you mean actually using the VR headset? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah they've got a 360 VR mode now in yeah. that. So. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But nah, yeah, ping pong, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a, a pretty near week. I guess if you like ping pong, like maybe, but if you, it's, I don't know. Even then, I, I want I want you play ping PvP. Like, yeah, I need two player. <laughs> I want two player. I don't want to fight, play against AI. I want to play against a friend. I mean, I don't have one, but I want the option anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh Ben, you do do yourself some disservices. I just hold oh. one move control in each hand. That, then I can't lose. I'm against myself. It's <laughs> a good reason for the switch to work, I suppose, as well. You could just uh, have one in each hand and play yourself one to switch. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Luke changed that because my dirty mind's having other thoughts for a second there. I, yeah, we aren't going there. That's, that's the apartheid to hear. Having come back after all this time, we don't want to scare him away before we get the horizon stuff. It's, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. World of Fantasy, <laughs> Fantasy 14, and Ghost Recon's and a bit of it. As, as you can see, there's a pattern in my games. There's a, there's a pattern, yeah. It's mostly <laughs> meh. <laughs> um, Alfonso, what about you? What have you been playing since we last heard from you? The only thing I played um, last was the bunker because I was just preoccupied reading and watching everything on Horizon. So the yeah. bunker was the only thing I played. How was that? And, uh, that live um, action, isn't it? It's, uh... Yeah, it's very good. It's, it's very good. The only thing I don't like is that they consider it as a horror, which is not, in my perspective, I find it more to be suspenseful. Hmm. But um, 
Yeah, it's very good. Basically, the concept of the game is you're locked in a bunker and um, you do um, normal routines, like a daily routine every day, and then you, you find out your mother died. And then um, eventually you hear a light comes on that's um, it's like a warning sign, and you have to find out what's causing it. So the person name is John, and he goes into um, different doors and as he goes to the door, it's like he has repressed memory. So when he goes in the door, it's like flashing back to when he was younger. And then he founds out why um, he was isolated in the bunker in the first place. But it's very good. It's very good. So this is Wait. just totally FMVs? Man, this is the first time hearing of this. And I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, this is crazy. I have not, like, the quality of the FMVs in some of these screenshots is 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 Hollywood level. It's nuts. Yeah. I Wait. just thought it, um, the other day it was on sale for, like, six Six, six something. So yeah. Wait. So do you actually play the game, or do you watch videos and like just make decisions? Um, you, 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 you actually, you actually play the game and you interact with um certain objects. But once you touch that object, and they will flash back to seeing John touch it, et cetera, et cetera. So like there was a part where you have to like fix a fuse box. You actually touch the fuse box, but you actually, but it would transfer back to John and actually see him fix the fuse box. It's like back and forth. Oh, so it's kind of like the, the well, what is it, like the X-Files game on the PS1. I don't know if I yeah. need Yeah, 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 it's like that. Okay, cool, cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Gary. I know you're going to get that edited out. That's... It sounds a lot like Dragon's Lair, actually. That's what I was thinking of. Mm, yeah. yeah, I can totally see that. Which is something, yeah, it's kind of a forgotten thing. So it's nice that someone tries to bring it back in an indie sense. It's, uh, I, I did see a lot of you know, minimal buzz about it when it came out and, uh, because it was just so different from the usual sort of indie game. So, yeah, it's. I've heard quite a lot of good things, probably more good than I've heard bad. Even the bad stuff has been like, yeah, it's a bit crap here and there, but it's you know, there's something about it that has a, a feel to it that's... Uh, just unique enough in this sort of environment, which is cool. Um, so that was the only thing other than the waiting for the horizon. Um, yep, that's it. That's it. So well, I suppose I'll go with Gary, I suppose, because uh, I've got things I'm sure I'll talk about the same, though from different platforms necessarily. Um, Gary, what have you been playing on this fair week that you can talk about, obviously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I can talk about. Um, uh, I've been playing some Titanfall 2. Um, mm-hmm. very Me too. Much that game. It's I just really realized we're, we're gonna have some crossover here at least more than once. So it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, been, been playing a lot of that. I tried out the new, uh, I guess I don't know what the modus is like, Titan, where you just play with the Titans, yeah, um, yeah, just Titan v Titan, basically. Yeah, because yeah, I really suck at the Titans, so I want to try to be better, so I'm trying to practice with that. Um, yeah, very, very thoroughly enjoying that. Um, what else? Uh, I played a little more Lego Dimensions, uh, the Lego Batman movie story yeah. pack. I was also playing Lego Dimensions, so okay. it's, uh, <laughs> the matching keeps coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I did for about four hours on Sunday after we finished the podcast when I went over to my friend's house, and I was able to play the Injustice 2 beta. Oh, nice one. Yeah, which was actually very fun. Uh kind of unbalanced because uh i guess they allowed people to use the armors that they can unlock in the game 
Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like the loot system. So there's some a lot of imbalances there. Um, especially if you're just going in, you're like, oh, I'm just going in with my stock character, and this guy goes in with like these crazy armor buffs. And you can barely do any damage to him. Um, but yeah, it was it was very enjoyable. Uh, very different from Mortal Kombat because back is to block now. So you know how in Mortal Kombat it's like L1, I think, is to block or L1 or R1. Yeah, something like that, isn't it? They went like traditional fighting and you just hold back and you block this time. Um, which is great because I'm sitting here trying to block attacks with R1 and L1 like you do in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it never works. I was like, what's uh, going on? Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's a lot better uh, when you play it than it looks on videos. Like, if you look at the videos, it looks very um, choppy, I guess you can say. like The animations don't look very fluid, at least to me. Um, but while you're playing it, it actually looks very good. Uh, yeah, very fun game. Uh, I wish I got to play more of it. Um, obviously soon. it's the betas. What was that? Soon, soon. Not, not too long now, I'm sure. So you'll be, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. have a chance. I'm sure there'll be at least another beta more open. Yeah, I think soon. they'll do an open beta for it, for sure. Um, but yeah, because it's a beta, like fights t- took a little too long to get into. Loading was horrendous sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a very fun game. I'm really looking forward to Supergirl right now. In the beta, was the top notch character for sure. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, she, is she, is she new in Unjustice Two. Yeah, she wasn't in the first game, so this is her first appearance. Yeah, you think she play a little like Superman, and she kind of has the same moves, uh, some of them, but hers are a lot faster rather than more powerful. So she's kind of like. Um, I, I wouldn't say she's weaker, but she's definitely, like, if, if you want to play as a character that has, like, incredible power, um, you'd go with the Superman character. But with her, she sure. she's able to break up her moves uh, a lot easier than Superman can. It's very, sure. it's very hard to explain. Like, she's able to just fly around the map a lot easier than Superman can. Hmm. Um, yeah, she has a lot of teleport moves, long range. She's very good at long range and short range, which is great. And she's very good at juggling, which is pretty awesome. Well, it sounds um, like you get a nice mix of both. Like if you're a Superman fan or you like just like that costume or you like that series, you can really either get your flavor for the super meaty punch guy or for her where she's very nimble and quick. So you get at least choices. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I obviously Batman is my favorite, so I played a lot of with Batman, but he plays a little too much, right? So Batman plays a little too much, like he does, like he did in the first game. Uh, so people kind of already know his moves and are they're a lot easier to dodge and block. So yeah, fair enough. And you've also been playing Berserk this week, Berserk: Band of the Hawk on the Vita, yes, yes. Which I've been playing the uh, PS4 version, of course. I did the uh, review, which I I liked it more than most Warriors games, but. Uh, it seems people who like Warriors games don't like it as much, which is... There you go. There's me not being the same on that one. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's one of those things for the longest time I always wanted like a Warriors game, like Dynasty Warriors, to have blood mm. and gore in it, and I finally got a game that has that. <laughs> Obviously, it's not a Warriors game, but it's from a franchise that, if they censored it in any way, would have pissed more people off, in my opinion. Right. Because Berserk is one of the most violent mangas and animes out there and yeah. you just can't really censor that in my opinion yeah and i mean they got 
you know, the cutscenes they use obviously from the uh, free movies, and the, yeah, they obviously don't hold back in that regard. But, but uh, you get to the second half of the game, which you know, you once you get past that arc and into what's been done for the more recent uh, anime series, and of course, because they don't want to have a uh, a jarring effect in the cutscenes, because then they would have to change to the anime and that of course has a 3d cell shaded sort of look they ditch the cutscenes for the second half of the game so suddenly you go from this very rich storytelling uh, and which is unusual really for dynasty warriors in terms of visually showing it properly you know and building characters and that it's very good berserk does it but here after the game you go back into very traditional dynasty warriors style style of uh, just Here's some text. Here's some people talking. That's it. Not much else happens apart from the battles, which is a shame because it has some of the best enemies come in the later half of the game. Because obviously it goes from just being mostly blokes in the armies and into the more outlandish and monstrous sort of creatures coming out the woodwork to fight guts. And it's yeah, it is a bit of a disappointment. But I understand why they've done it. You know, not. And, you know, that's two separate things they'd probably have to pay for in terms of licensing, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I like it. I think it's very enjoyable. It is nice to see that sort of game have a lot of story put into it, you know, that you actually care about people who are essentially just mowing down hundreds of people a second. It's, which is hard (laughs) in a lot of ways. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a shame the Vita version is pared down, but I think that seems to be part of the course as well, I think, with the, the Omega Force stuff. Celevi, Celevi, as they say, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think that was it, wasn't it for you? Yeah, that's it for yes, me. Yes, as far as I think. Um, what have I got? I have uh, I, Lego Dimensions. Obviously, I play it. Not much to talk about there. Berserk, I've talked about, and Titanfall Two again. I played a bit of um, the new Li-Fi mode, which is essentially you know Last Man Standing sort of no titans just pilots sort of thing it's a bit tough to get into because you know certain weapons seem to just win the time at the minute they are the ones that get you the most victories tend to be the long range stuff because up close you just yeah everyone's too fast to really do much it's a bit different when you've got like objectives and other maps and stuff to go chasing after whereas here you know you are pretty much focused on you got to take those guys out and once they're out they're out you know you know, one one kill you're out of the round and uh tough to get into but compared to most of the stuff in Titanfall which is you know ridiculously easy to sort of slip into and uh actually do well at but yeah it given time it seems to be getting better and more enjoyable but uh yeah I don't know I think there's probably a slight balance problem with that in terms of weaponry still but maybe it, it tricks could be learned I'd imagine um Played, uh, yeah, I think it was Semi Spears that I mentioned the other week being a really good puzzler in terms of being quite chilled out and quite clever. But this week, uh, a sequel to a game I quite liked years ago, not a big game, um, called Chime Super Deluxe, I think it was. It's a music puzzler. And the new version, new game came out called Chime Sharp, which basically boosts everything that that was. So it's a very electronica, synthy soundtrack, you know, dance stuff. And you basically make blocks with shapes, you know, on the board to, and you're trying to fill up the board. 
Um, each uh, time you make a, uh, a quad of shapes, that it gives you a note that will then play as this you know, sweeping thing comes across the board. It will play that as a note and just rack up points, and you keep trying to do it, you know, keep it going and keep it going so until the time ultimately runs out. It's, yeah, really good fun. I'm really enjoying that at the minute. It's uh, very uh, traditional in terms of, you know, there's not a lot to it beyond that. It's not too gimmicky. It's, you know, if you like stuff like Lumens and that, it's that sort of puzzler. It's good, chilled out fun and just kind of hypnotic when you really get into it. Um, you know what I could use is a is a is a VR luminous on PS4. Oh man, yeah. I mean, you know, I was, that'd be just incredible. <laughs> I was thinking that would chime. I was just seeing all this stuff going across the screen. I think if you play this in VR, it'd just be like, man, a proper head trip. I don't I don't know if it would be good <laughs> for you, but uh, it would be it'd be interesting all the same. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. I offer my usual stuff, which uh, is like one, one second. Neil, I've got a question. Go for a question. Have you, have, a, have you played any more Planet 2000? <laughs> B, have you, why haven't you sent me the details? I want to contact them. This game must be not promoted, but still. Planet 2000, the game that <laughs> never was, it seems. It's, uh, <laughs> Unless it's there yeah. and I've not noticed it. Well, no. I really it's, don't care uh, that much. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll get into a topic in a bit that uh, involves that somewhat. But, uh, yes, I knew it would come up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, only by only by association. It's not really the the core of what we're going to get into later. But yeah, the fact that games like that that just appear for like a day, maybe or two, on the store <laughs> are, are objectively awful, and yet then they make their money and disappear. It's, it happened with um, Life of Black Tiger as well over here. It just it just vanished oh, after wow. it. Happened. It's like it's almost like somebody is asleep at Sony and. They sneak these games in while they're not looking, and then <laughs> as soon as they realize, they're like, "Oh, oh no, get get rid, get rid, get rid!" And then, oh, oh is, is Life of Black Tiger not not on the store anymore? Not in the UK. I don't know if it is in the US, but uh, hmm. no yeah. idea. What if it's just yeah. like friends of friends, and they're like, well, we, they snuck it on while Sonny's what not looking, and then they realized, oh crap, we're not supposed to do that. Then remove it afterwards. I do, I, do, I say <laughs> uh, like every year is the same. Where you get to January, and I think Sony just have a bit of a post-Christmas hangover and they let anything <laughs> in. It seems to be traditionally a time where some really weird and strange awful games. Oh, that really yeah. bad looking Firefly simulator. It's still <laughs> in the North American PlayStation store. Oh, there you go. No, maybe I, America. Uh, I maybe thought Americans really want to play it. Rocking that 3 out of 5 average user score. <laughs> that's, that's still average, <laughs> Somehow. Though. Yeah, With yeah. 13 ratings. Only 13. <laughs> Can we really trust the will of the people, given the state of the world these days? It's, uh, Life of Black Tiger would score being that would definitely say no. I would say. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you can play up to twenty people in that game online. I wonder oh, that yeah, yeah. If you can find twenty people <laughs> playing it at the same time, I'm sure if we ever have some sort of anniversary thing, that that should be a live stream. We'll buy twenty copies of Life of Black Tiger. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I God will, I will live stream Planet 2000 if it ever gets officially released. Yeah, I'll just have to lend you my account <laughs> time to play. <laughs> Baff- baffling. Game, game sharing, just for Planet 2000. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was my question. 
That was your question, and yeah, it wouldn't be a week gone by if you didn't ask that. That's for fairness. Well, I forgot um, to ask last week. I think so. I no, you, sure. I'm sure you definitely asked. It's, <laughs> it seems it seems like you ask every week. I'm sure. <laughs> right, we got on to the meaty, meaty bit of this entire podcast. Um, Kyle, well, I'm no, ask, pressure, though. no pressure. No <laughs> pressure. I'm not even going to ask you what you've been playing because it's an obvious answer, you know. And we're going to ask you about the game. It's been playing yeah. Planet 2000, right? Yeah, no, I, played, I played Planet 2001, a space odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got some general questions, and then uh, I think Alfonso's got a few questions, and yeah, we'll go from there, really. And if anyone else wants to pitch in with questions after that that aren't, aren't asked, then uh, yeah. Wait, are these about Planet 2001 or Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, uh, well interchangeable clearly because you know both as good and brilliant as each other it's uh oh crap i don't know if my i don't know if my ad lib game is is on point for these <laughs> planet questions no. but i'll give no. it a shot no. definitely just horizon don't worry great great <laughs> even i don't want to answer questions on planet 2000 um okay so obviously the review went up this week uh and yes. like, like many a very very positive review mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which nine point five, I believe, wasn't it? Yes, it was. So it's a yeah, you did, it's a big old game. And I, I mean, it, it is. Yeah, it's in a it's in a really rarefied space. Like when I think back on my review scores, I think the only games I've ever given a perfect ten out of ten to were Grand Theft Auto Five uh, in both of its incarnations and Uncharted Four. So, mm. I mean, definitely that's that's the thing. I'm maybe the thing I wanted to communicate most clearly through the review for PlayStation fans is that when when you think about what a new franchise means for PlayStation and what that debut feels like, Mm. this is definitely that debut where it lands and even just playing it has sort of a seismic impact on you. Like you can feel, you can almost like feel the importance of what you're playing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yours included, I've seen many reviews sort of have that about them saying that it's, just has that same thing. You feel like the beginning of a new thing is here, and in a way, you know, something that has a life beyond this one game, or you know, at least you'd hope. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah, surprising in some ways because Guerrilla have not been the greatest at combining. You know, they've been very good at building a world's lore, sure. But not very good at integrating it into the actual game. You know, with Killzone, they were terrible at that. I would say. Um, how would you say they fix that though? With uh, Horizon. Well, I think like yeah, you you bring up a good point with Killzone, where I think the the lore was always there for people who cared to find it, like in fan wikis and what have you, and the mm-hmm. gameplay was certainly always there. I think few people would argue that Killzone didn't have like very polished shooting at, at its very core, but um, the 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 way those two things come together, like I think about um, a year or so ago when it was first announced that Gorilla had hired. Uh, John Gonzalez, the, the the creative director, or creative director or narrative director of Fallout New Vegas, to pen the story and create, in in some ways, lead the creation of the world for Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I that I remembered that fact while I was playing it because the story was standing out to me that much. And as I really got into it and found how just like supremely satisfying of a science fiction story it actually is, um, and which is also kind of rare in modern video games. Like, like my closest analog would be something like Final Fantasy 15, where you go into that expecting a really incredible, memorable story, and 
opinions are mixed, admittedly, but I didn't walk away from FF15 with that feeling. I thought its story was its weakest element. Uh, but with Horizon, it's like all the criticisms I have of some video game stories where there are plot holes that are easy to find or there are answers that are going to clearly they didn't feel the need to think of the answer to that question or you're left hanging in service of a sequel. None of those things happen with Horizon. It's just an incredibly cohesive tale. And it and to, to go back to your question, it makes me wonder if I haven't been paying enough attention to the writers of video games in the same way that I might follow like a director or an actor from movie to movie. I, I honestly, like, the next time this particular writer gets mentioned for a project, my my ears are going to perk up because I have a feeling that a lot of what Horizon does really well comes from Gorilla recognizing that they, they're not the best at it, right? And they wanted to have something that was far, far better than what they'd done before, so they sought outside help. Um, they staffed up in a major way to make that happen. Did we lose Neil? <laughs> Hello, darkness, my I'm... old friend. Oh, I'm definitely here. Sorry, <laughs> I had mute on. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, so brilliant that they've managed to do that and get someone in to help them in where they are weakest. and But uh, also character as well. Oh, yeah. get built interesting characters in the past. Again, maybe not as fully fleshed as it could have been for the realm of where they were. It's kind of understandable. Um you found it quite charming, sarcastic, and endearing yourself. Um, obviously, not everyone agreed in reviews with that. Some called a, a very. I noticed that. Person. Yeah, um, that's an interesting one for me because I find that like that's to me. I, I totally get the other opinions, and and I would certainly never deign to say that there's one correct answer for a review. But sometimes I'll I'll read a, a review with, and there's a couple out there that have are contrasting in in almost every way. And there's a then there's a couple points on which I when I read, for example, that one reviewer out of eighty five people said that Aloy was bland or Aloy was not interesting as a character, that almost just makes me pause and go, Okay, so who would be? You know what I mean? Like who yeah. in all of gaming was interesting to you? Because to to my recollection, between Aloy's between her sarcastic wit and her energy and, and the kind of fierceness and confidence that she moves and acts with, like that that stands above so many games I've played when the protagonist is more or less just an avatar for you. You know, maybe they have a name, but they're not really fleshed out. They're not interesting in any major way. So, yeah, I, I can't say enough about how great Aloy is. I think those traits help catapult her to some kind of PlayStation icon status where she's going to be so... Like you guys will see from here on out. She's going to be in every poster. She's going to be at every convention. There's The cosplay is already... Yeah, it's already with, out. The, with the things that yeah, from the gorillas sharing such such great outfits, um, but yeah, this is just the beginning for Aloy as a character, and and yeah, there's certainly the quality of character, um, the quality of dialogue in general. I I, I mean yeah, the dialogue's not perfect, but it, it it all speaks to something that Gorilla hadn't really managed to do before, which was tie something really meaningful to Killzone, which I think. Killzone for me basically just boiled down to a series of levels where you could only. Yeah basically glean any lore from it yeah and again with Killzone as we, you said earlier it's uh, the best stuff about it was always outside of the game and it's good that, you, that they've sort of not only got the character fleshed out and they've also got other characters fleshed out, they've got the world fleshed out all things that yeah, probably stopped them from being the great 
you know, are great in terms of Sony sort of studios. I mean, you know, as a developer, they've always had a, a good thing for visual flair, but they've, yes, never, they've, ne- they've never reached the heights of, say, Naughty Dog or Sony Santa Monica. Do you think this is the game, though, to sort of push them up to the same level as those guys? Abs- absolutely, absolutely. I walked away from Horizon thinking of Gorilla in the same, in the very same rarefied air that I think of Naughty Dog, um, and even. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, the, you, you don't necessarily put many people in that camp. I mean, on occasion, Sucker Punch resurfaces to make something really cool, but Naughty Dog's in kind of a league of its own, and yet I play Horizon, and certainly with the passage of time, it can be difficult to remember just how great or how meaningful like the Uncharted games were when you first play them. But yeah. it's an honest-to-God toss-up for me between Uncharted 4 and the things that it does really well and Horizon and the things that it does really well when I talk about, like, best PlayStation exclusives. So to, to, I would absolutely move Gorilla into that camp of just the elite PlayStation PlayStation pantheon. And I, I, I mean, more power to them. Like, it's really, really fantastic. I would be, I would be super bummed um, if we didn't get a ton of Horizon in the years to come, and I totally think we will. Um, yeah. It's going to have that impact. That's it. So, Kyle, so don't, don't mean to cut you off, Neil. So, no, no, you just said... Um, Cut him off, cut him off. We, we all know that um, Naughty Dog, in terms of Uncharted, that's their bread and butter. So do you feel yeah. Horizon could be his gorilla's bread and butter as well? Oh, I sure hope so. And yeah, I do feel that way walking away from it. Like, it's it's something that when you, you can't... I mean, what is the very definition of bread and butter? I think it's when you enter a brand new genre, something that you've never done before, and you absolutely kill it, which to me just says that Gorilla had... All the fun in the world making this game just had superb passion for the game they wanted to make, and it totally shows. I don't think you can excel in the way that they have without this really being what you've wanted to make all this time. And I think the spirit of Killzone is is in there in a, in a very light way. Um, certainly, it's a very difficult game, uh, so there's some of that sensibility. I mean, Killzone is definitely one of the more difficult shooters, even on normal, with how relentless the Hellgas can be. Yes. And also, so there's that undercurrent of challenge, and then, you know, I just, it's difficult to describe, but when you're really up close with one of the machines, and you get some of the metallic lighting coming off of them, and just the way that they're connected with this kind of tubing, it, it's, it's, it's hard to place, but I could feel a little bit of kill zones, like, hell gas machinery in those machines, if that makes any sense. So there's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I see that, so a very... Yeah. A visual design manifest is there in terms of like the you know glowing eyes and white so white on metal sort of thing that they do definitely quite well it's yeah it's definitely visually yeah it's visually stark visually unique and i think if nothing else the reason i feel that this is now gorilla's bread and butter is because they've you know i described the story as being very satisfying and very self-contained with how how many plot threads are both opened and answered all in the course of one game. And yet the lore of the game, having played it, is still very much set up in such a way where it's very, it's ripe for spinoffs. It's ripe for sequels. You know, I'm not sure like in what structure they might choose to go with that, whether it's a traditional trilogy or a series of connected stories, who knows, but it's definitely rich enough to support all of that. So they've clearly set it up with that future in mind. Yeah. Good question, Alfonso. Good question. Any, do you want to put another one to Kyle? Um, yeah, if you don't mind, if I could just take off no? from here. Um, with Horizon having enough in the game, do you think it's fine without multiplayer? Oh yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I, I totally do. It's not something that I 
missed the absence of when I was playing through it. Um, it's kind of, I guess it's kind of traditional in that way, and that's a good point. That's that's also something Gorilla has never dove mm. into, except maybe the first Killzone didn't have multiplayer, I can't recall. I, no, I don't think it did. It's, uh, Killzone 2 was like the Killzone big hype. did have um, offline multiplayer, though. Split screen, maybe? Yeah. Maybe yeah you could play against bots. Yeah, I'll very... say this, I guess. it's it, Horizon is very much a grand RPG in such a way that I, I, I think... Nobody should go in with the expectation of it having multiplayer because I feel like that's not why you play it. Um, so in that way, it's I definitely didn't miss it. And looking toward the future, I could see. I mean, it's not un, it's not crazy to think that you might have a Horizon game someday with multiple hunters or some kind of co-op hunting experience. I think there's mechanically there's such tight aiming and such tight polish where you could see something like that happening. Plus, like the the diverse weaponry, the diverse tools sort of sort of makes sense for like a, hey, you do this, I'll do this kind of play style. But yeah, it's such a, I mean, it's a very robust game. My my playthrough on single, my main quest playthrough where I didn't do a ton of t- side stuff still took me a little over 30 hours and I'm approaching the platinum trophy now at, the, at about the 50 hour mark. So it's certainly robust enough on its own without that. Yeah, I mean, in modern terms, it's, that's, a, that's a good size for a game. In terms of time, I think so too. Yeah, it's very easy when you're playing it to contrast it with kind of the obvious like open world RPG king at the moment, which most people would point to The Witcher Three. And in a lot of ways, it's it's certainly it's of the same like sensibilities as The Witcher, being open world, having some crafting, having some NPCs and quests. But as far as an RPG goes, like down to the mechanics of it, it, it's it's opposite from The Witcher Three in a lot of ways. It feels like Gorilla trimmed the fat off of off of a game like The Witcher, you know, yeah. boiled it down to maybe the map isn't the largest map ever made, but it's meaningful. Like, it doesn't take you forever to travel from one point to the other, or there's always something interesting, so you're never just running through barren space. I think it was a really good balance overall. Yeah, that sounds good. How far is it? I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I feel it doesn't need multiplayer with all that you can do within the game. But if it did have multiplayer, what I would like um, Gorilla to do is take a playbook from um, Turtle Rock and do something like Evolve. I think that would have been very interesting to follow down that path. Yeah, that could... Man, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of some of the larger enemies in the game, some of the more menacing ones, and I'm just... Man, you would feel so powerful controlling like the Thunderjaw or the Stormbird. Right. Um... Do you think it would be an interesting idea to add PSV support like they did with Resident Evil 7? Oh, um... It would definitely be an interesting experiment. It's tough for me to think about how they would manage the problem of first-person movement. I mean, I guess Resident Evil 7 did it, so there's there's that precedent. I think it would be really cool to have, like, um, Bound in VR. Bound had a thing where the camera was sort of placed high above the sea in, like, a bird's-eye view... And your VR movement, you could really just look around and appreciate the landscape for what it was. Um, Horizon's landscape and its environments are such that I would love to just be able to, you know, Aloy is shooting a Thunderjaw with her bow down here, but then I, the player, can look up to the corner and see one of these hawk machines flying in from the corner and just add the sense of scale, the sense of epicness to the sea. And so that might be pretty cool. If nothing else, Sony might just force some VR functionality onto them for the sequel. I guess we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, I think more um, more games should do that though it, now, especially Sony ones. Just have some sort of VR mode that is just like a guided tour through the world. 
yeah, you're not therefore you, you know, cut out the action stuff and uh, and you just get to soak in you know the work that they've done that she's just yeah even a flyover might be kind of fun yeah i mean i, I think i sort of posited that before with um grand theft auto 5 you know to play it in vr might be a bit yeah but to go on and say a, a bus tour of los santos you know in vr would be cool it'd be a nice gimmick you know, just because vr shouldn't just be constrained to that and it it's a good way to get games using it without having to think too much about the mechanics of it so yeah i maybe especially with more action heavy games where you know sickness and things like that can come into it i think it, it would be currently anyway the better option to have that sort of thing and yeah uh, when a world sounds as you know big as this, it's good for that sort of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Alfonso, you had I think you had one more question, didn't you? Yeah. Um, now that we have another female protagonist for PlayStation, do you think it's time for Laura Croft to pass the torch to Aloy? And the reason I ask <laughs> is because um, as I look back, you know, thinking of PlayStation in terms of iconic characters, you think of Kratos. You think of Nature Drake, and yeah, you also think of Laura, but you know, now having her for like over 20 years and with the multiple reboots, and now she's moving over to Xbox. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people don't think of her as iconic anymore because now you have. She's Kratos. a betrayer. <laughs> yeah, you have Kratos now, now you have Nathan Drake, and eventually you have um, Joel and um, what's the other the girl's name? It's not coming to me. Ellie. Yeah. Yeah, her from um, Last of Us. Do you think Laura has her time now, and now it's time for her to, you know, give this new female protagonist a shot of being to being up there with Kratos and and Nathan and the rest of them? Yeah, I mean, to me, there's no doubt that Aloy has already taken that crown from her. Like Horizon, even even as good as the Tomb Raider reboots are, Horizon is just flat out a better game than both of them. So, I think between that and between PS4's rapidly growing install base, kind of the the increasing obsolescence of the Xbox One, how it's just sort of fading and languishing there. I mean, all those things really cement Aloy as the new PlayStation icon for me, probably even more so than Kratos. I mean, I don't want to, like, badmouth the new God of War, because I'm sure it'll be great, but it almost does feel like Kratos has had his run in some ways, and I'd be curious to see if they put old Kratos a little more prominently in some of their marketing and stuff, but Aloy's just so ripe for that. I mean, she's really a a female lead, a female protagonist for a new age. You know, this is a great character to have for 2017, and just, I can't praise her qualities enough. Okay. Listen, um, just a roundup of things. Um, From a technical standpoint, would you say it's the best we've got to offer on PS4? Or does Uncharted still sort of outdo it somewhat? Yeah. It kind of, um, yeah, no, it's a good question. It kind of varies based on where in the game you're talking about because, like, there's... The real the real deciding factor here is that Horizon is an open-world game, so in that sense, mm. it does seem to be the most technically accomplished of all PlayStation exclusives. Um, there are parts in which it does actually look better than Uncharted, certain textures, certain environments. Yeah. Um, and yet, you know, Uncharted benefits from its linear structure and... Of course, yeah. There's environments and details there that just <laughs> are beyond the pale as far as, far as video game graphics go. So, but yeah. when you look at Horizon being open world in a situation where Gorilla is rendering like five square miles of environment at any given time, um, it really does seem to be like 
the technical masterpiece, especially since it runs at a rock solid 30 FPS. Grand. Um, I want to add to that. Yeah, um, yeah, um, with the comparison between Horizon and Uncharted 4, knowing that you play Uncharted 1 to 3 and knowing that Uncharted 4 is the last of the series and knowing Horizon is um a new IP, we both know that Uncharted 4 and Horizon are both different, but if you could choose one, which one would you pick? Oh, man. Why you got to do this to me? <laughs> I mean, it was going to happen. I mean, like we, like I just said, Uncharted 4 was the last. In terms of big, iconic games that just came out last year, and now we got yeah, this new sure. one, it, it was going to happen eventually. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you're totally right, and it's a comparison that everyone's going to be begging, because I think that when people do play Horizon... You know, you're going to have folks that just come around and say, yeah, this is better than Uncharted to me, because as flabbergasting as it might seem to us, there are folks who, for whatever reason, Uncharted never stuck with them. Um, you know, things about the gameplay created quirks that people mm. just couldn't wrap their heads around. But I guess for me, when it comes down to choosing one or the other, um, I think uh, I... Think I uh, hmm. Well, me, I think about... Yeah, yeah, go for it, go for it. Give, for me, me, give, me, give me a chance here. <laughs> yeah, for me, um, as much as I love, if, I don't know, you didn't hear this, but me and Mike always talk about Uncharted from the last three times, well, the last two times I've been on the podcast, and I love Uncharted from all the different, you know, one, two, three, the Vita version and four, all of it, right. love everything about it. I had no bad um, negative comments about the Uncharted series, but looking at Horizon from when it was presented at E3 last year, all the development that it, you know, progressed over the months in terms of visuals and the mechanics and the storytelling and all the weapon cycles and all that, knowing that I really had a feeling how Uncharted 4 was going to end because of what we played through 1 through 3. I mean, it's the same concept, you know. He gets into trouble. He has to follow the clues. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, save the day. When it comes to Horizon, it's a totally different gameplay. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting to... How am I supposed to say How am I trying to say I wasn't expecting to see what I saw based on what was presented in the gameplay and in the story, etc. Like so knowing that it's a new IP and eventually a sequel will come out and then it adds on from whatever they did from the first one. In my opinion, as much as I love Uncharted, I'm sorry to say this, but I have to go with Horizon on this one. <laughs> well, then, man, I can't wait for you to play it, right? And and have, like, the, the gameplay to really back that up because I think that it's going to really resonate with with really any PlayStation fan on its story and how iconic it is alone, but especially with regards to just how... I mean, there is mystery there. I think I think one thing I heard in your description of Uncharted is that as as great as the games are, there is an element of predictability by the time you get to Uncharted 4. I mean, you're right. Like, we knew that Uncharted wasn't the kind of game where every main character was, well, I don't know how much I want to talk about this, but we know, like, the flavor of Uncharted. Right. It's these, like, yeah. classic adventures. So the point um, is a running joke with certain... <laughs> yeah. works, yeah. For it's sure. True. It, but yet, it, it Horizon has that mysterious, like, vague quality where, you know, yeah, going into it, like, all I really knew it for from what we had seen in videos was the setting being this post-apocalyptic and yet very lush and vibrant, and you were facing off against these menacing machines. And I think a lot of the satisfaction of the game came from that that 
element of uncertainty. Like even Aloy herself goes from region to region and she's never really sure what she's going to come right. up against because she's been raised in one place her whole life. And then you, the player are also discovering these things at the same time she is. So yeah, there's adventure there that I think uncharted always had in its plot and writing. But by the time you get to uncharted four, a little bit of the gamer adventure is lost and horizon totally has that. Excellent. Just incidentally, um, how many times does Alloy touch something and it falls to pieces? <laughs> How many ledges crumble beneath her and yeah, and whatnot? The, you know the ledges. The ledges she climbs on are remarkably resilient to her climbing. Um, yeah. okay. I don't, I, I'd say they don't build them like they used to, but um, clearly it's in the future. So it's, uh, hey, yeah, the, the cliffs. The cliffs can withstand her weight. Maybe she's just not as heavy as Drake. Yeah, or maybe he, you know, being in the future, he's done all the uh, crumbly ones, and uh, all we're left with is the ones. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's um, a, a good. It does raise the fact that there are little bits of uncharted gameplay um, in Horizon. It's it's kind of a. It combines a lot of sensibilities. Like it's got this sort of really tight aiming and challenge of a game like Killzone, where you really do. Like, on the normal difficulty, this is still going to test people who have a lot of experience in action games. Like, I, I really mean it when I say it is not easy. And and yet, beyond that, there is some light platforming, there's some light puzzle solving. So, uh, a clever joke on your part, but not an altogether incorrect one. <laughs> there's there's a little bit of Uncharted flavor hidden away in there. Of course. And, you know, yeah. Who's that? I have some questions. That's Go, for yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, so mine are kind of more general questions, and I think some people may want to know the answers to these. Um, I, unfortunately, haven't read the review yet. Sorry about that, Kyle. Um, oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I mostly, for a game like Horizon, I really want to just experience it, and I don't want to get any sort of feeling or idea of how things work. That's totally. one of the reasons I haven't read a review for the yeah, game. Totally, anyway. totally understandable. Um, as big as the world is... Um, is it designed in like certain regions that you get to go to, or is it just one giant world where you just transition to a different region? Uh, it's one giant world with distinct geographies uh, within that world. I think a good analogy might be something like a Grand Theft Auto, where you start off in one corner of the world, and the story is all kind of based around that area and that tribe, but... Before long, the story sort of naturally brings you to a new area. And at any time, you can go back and forth between them, explore side quests for villages and stuff that you've done before. But sort of like Grand Theft Auto, sort of like the open-world Arkham games, you do get moved from one area to another naturally through the course of the story. And I think there are... These gateways get brought down pretty early on, but within the first third of the game, I would say, there's a couple... Like, you physically can't go beyond... A certain region, but it does open up very quickly. Okay, and you can like say I'm playing the game. Can I just go and explore these areas whenever I want, or do I have to wait for them to unlock? Well, uh, let's see. Well, if you're starting right off, um, you won't be able to like from the very first minute of the game. You can't go to the other side of the world without any direction. There is like a physical. Uh, there's a physical. You know, like any other open world game, like whether it's in GTA with the bridges being raised or in Arkham with, I guess, the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, you until a certain point in the story, you're kept to one region. But within, I would say, maybe five, six hours of gameplay, the entire world gets opened up to you. And the story does very, um, 
very sensibly guide you from one city to the next. And yet at any time you could stop and go off road and do whatever you want to. So, and I'm assuming that there is a fast travel in the game. Yeah, there is. Um, and, and an interesting twist, at least from the get go, fast travel is actually a resource that you consume, um, in the form of a backpack. So you can't just fast travel willy nilly, like, like a Skyrim type of thing. Um, it, it, it's simple to do, but you need to craft what's called a fast travel pack. And then one of those gets consumed every time you want to fast travel somewhere. Oh, interesting. Is there a limit to how many you can have? Um, technically your inventory does have, um, not encumbrance, like a weight system, but you have a, I think at the start of the game, you can only carry 20 stacks of resources and then you can upgrade that to 30 or 40, but, and, and a fast travel pack or a stack of them will consume one of those slots. So in theory you're limited, but I I don't think many people would hit that limit in terms of having, you know, too many fast travel packs. Awesome. Awesome. Um, another question, uh, you have a PS Pro. Mm-hmm. So how different is the game compared to the Pro when you're playing on a Pro and a regular PS4? Like, because from what I've seen, the game for all the trailers and stuff, I'm assuming are being run from the Pro. Um, I would assume so as well. I don't know if, whether the trailers say that or not, but I guess I just as the cynic in me assumes that for every new PlayStation game <laughs> that that's what yeah. they'll be running them on. Um, well, I'll just I'll just Is tell you, you know. What's that? Have you played it uh, like regular without any of the pro features? Yes, I have done both. Um, I played I played the entire story on PS4 Pro, and then all of my gameplay since then, the 20-odd 20, 20 hours I've spent trophy hunting, has been on a regular PS4. So um, how should I describe it? I think the jump from pro to PS4, like after 30 hours of playing on pro and then jumping to PS4, I, I noticed that difference. Like it's... It's subtle, but it would be the difference between playing ultra on PC settings to high, where you might notice, okay, that far away cliff face that's like five miles off in the distance, that's a little less detailed than it was on Pro. Or um, when you when you view a surface diagonally, when you when you have anisotropic filtering going on, there's that's less quality on PS4. So like diagonal textures are a little blurrier. Um, so yeah, it's a combination of subtle things like that, but like the frame rate is the same. It's, they're both perfectly smooth, 30 FPS, 99% of the time. Um, certainly the 4k to 1080 jump is something that most gamers I think would notice after big chunks of time. But really like in the time I've been trophy hunting on regular PS4, I've been totally happy with how it holds up. I mean, the differences are things that you would just naturally expect, like the fog of war off in the distance that hides unrendered objects is a bit closer to you on ps4 um and on ps4 pro there there really isn't one you can just see for miles and miles and miles so that's awesome yeah Um, one final question and this isn't necessarily about the game but kind of your opinion um do you feel that the sales are going to get hurt uh because of obviously what's coming out the same week with not only a new console, but also with Zelda, which is also an open-world game. And as we all know, Zelda is probably consistently the highest-rated franchise ever. Um, sure. And you, um, early well, word seems to be that it's going to be good again as well. So, Yeah, for sure. I'm seeing some of that too. With the combination of those two, do you feel like Horizon may suffer because of that? 
I really don't because I think that it would up like it would suffer more up against your typical holiday blockbusters. Like if you put this out the same week as a Call of Duty or the same week as a Halo Six or something, I think that's what causes a noticeable sales dip less so than a Nintendo console. Not that there aren't you know PlayStation diehards who are going to get Horizon Day One and then that will like. There, there's certainly people going out to buy both. I happen to not be one of them, but like, I don't think there's a ton of crossover there. Kind of a generalization. I realize I'm kind of painting with a broad brush, but I, yeah, I do, I do, I do think they're distinct. Like, I don't know that a lot of gamers are like have been in on Switch for the last few months, have had their pre-order sitting there, and then that's the reason why they wouldn't play Horizon at least within the first month or so. You know? Yeah, I mean, we were saying this. Um last week about you know sony's release schedule it's smart to keep the big games out of that busy period no matter yeah. how people beg it's like and you said it's got enough chops especially with the install base to go up against you know zelda on this occasion and easily do well because you know, it's a new console that zelda's coming to you know and the five people on wii u <laughs> so, but if it, nothing else you might finish zelda you know in a few weeks and then what's waiting for you horizon oh wait no it's mass effect Oh wait, no, it's Persona. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's if nothing else, that might be more of a hindrance where people look at this just incredibly stacked like February, March, April period and realize, you know, I only want to I only want to or have time to play two major games and I think it's going to be Mass Effect and Persona. Like I could totally see yeah. even a diehard PlayStation fan deciding to get those and then wait until Horizon gets a discount, maybe get it come fall, come the holidays, what what have you. But I do think it's the the hype for this game and the discussion around this game has really reached like a fever pitch. It's it's really not something that you see outside of Uncharted. And I, in some ways, I think the PlayStation fan recognizes that Uncharted is not, for all intents and purposes, it isn't a franchise anymore. At least for the next however many years. Yeah, um, it, it's, yeah, it's out for rotation effectively. Yeah. So so now, what fills that gap? And I think mm. like with the with the universal acclaim for Horizon, the PlayStation fan is is probably looking at that and going, okay, this is what fills that gap, you know? Like, this is that just blockbuster, triple-A game with a soul. Incredibly polished and yet incredibly fun made by developers that really, really care, not just churning out something on a yearly basis. Hmm. Definitely. So, um, in that perspective, knowing that we can never place Uncharted, do you feel Horizon could be the new Uncharted? I absolutely do, one hundred percent. And and I I pa- I pause for a little bit just before I say that because there's there's a weight to those words, you know. I don't want you to think that I say that that I say that uh, flippantly or easily, because I certainly didn't think I was going to be playing the next Uncharted when I went into when I started up Horizon. I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew I would be the one to review it, and it wasn't. I wasn't waiting with with bated breath for that moment when I could pop into it because. My expectations were kind of tempered. Like I didn't, I wasn't in love with Killzone Shadowfall, Gorilla's last release. This I, is it. Yeah. I, th- I thought I had them pigeonholed. Like I thought I knew who Gorilla was and what they could do, and yet at every turn, Horizon defied and exceeded my expectations. And then at every turn, the story just got better. No wait, now it's better. No wait, now it's better. For thirty hours, it, it just once it picks up steam, it never lets off the gas. And throughout that whole time, you've got this just. Almost, I, I, I want to use the word classic. You have a classic sci-fi story being supported by awesome gameplay, by a really vibrant, really vivacious world, 
And yeah, I mean, for all those reasons, like this is a powerhouse PlayStation exclusive. And I think the fact that it is an open world RPG, those are only getting more popular every year. And I think more and more mainstream gamers are like discovering what that means. You know, Far Cry is getting more popular. Elder Scrolls is getting more popular. So now that there's an exclusive version of that or, you know, similar to that, all the more reasons why it should succeed. Definitely. Well, well, one final thing from me, Kyle. Yeah, Um, go for it. It's more of a personal thing. Um, and I really want to know, is there snow in the game? Oh yeah, there's snow. (laughs) Plenty of it. Day one. Thank you. (laughs) You've got, you've definitely got that diversity. Yes. Um, (laughs) you've got everything from, you know, we've seen in the trailers, it tends to be pretty forest focused. There's those dense kind of evergreen forests, um, wide open desert canyons, snowy mountains, and then a dynamic weather cycle throughout all that. So you could get rain up in the snowy mountains. You could get fog down in the uh, dense forest. It's it's everything in between. Sorry, I was just gonna say one more thing. Like how how many different variety of of the robotic enemies do we encounter? Because uh, from trailers and stuff, they really only show like four or five. Okay, um, is, there, is there a lot more than that? Well, there's twenty six. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I was like, oh man, I, I he said four. I can't wait to give him the answer. Um, <laughs> there's a lot in practice. I mean, I mean, in the course of the game, like you will, I like the way Gorilla takes some of the more fearsome creatures and turn and makes boss fights out of them. So there aren't like there aren't very many examples of a machine that you will only fight as a boss. Typically, they show up in some context, and then if you explore the world for long enough, you'll find some other habitat of that machine. But they're they're so memorable with some of the ways that they'll put they'll put this machine in front of you in a really interesting you know so many great boss fights have great arenas too right like the environment's a big part of that and i think horizon has some great arenas it has great fearsome foes and there's enough of them that you will you'll never tire of any of the designs like you're always facing up against new ones and there are some that you'll probably only discover like after the end of the game and you're just exploring and Oh my god, I never even thought that this variety was a thing. That's happened to me several times. All I'm gonna add is your favorite one you enjoy fighting. Do I have a favorite one? Yeah. Uh I've got ones that I'm afraid of to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Um there's a couple, yeah. Um I think the my favorites tend to be the ones that put up the most robust challenge because I can't wait to see when this game goes 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 big goes goes out to the public how other people choose to tackle them um i'll uh i'll I'll, if you guys don't mind i'll spoil one design for you in particular one monster for you yes not too much of a problem it's not a visual thing really it's a different there's there's a there's a machine that picture the largest bird in in existence like the albatrosses of our world and triple that, and you've got the Stormbird, a machine that is absolutely ferocious, moves with incredible speed, has three different kinds of lightning attacks, so just as soon as you think you've disabled one of its components, it reveals something new. It's just as deadly on the ground. I mean, it charges after you, pecks after you, has an electric shield for some reason that it can put up at will. <laughs> because um, reasons! <laughs> yeah, for sure. And And it's a perfect example of the best foes in Horizon have so many different machine parts that you can focus on disabling. So uh, one of the sort of the classic examples is the Thunderjaw, which has showed up in some trailers. That's like a large um, bipedal, almost T-Rex looking robot, I guess. Mm. And it's got, you know, a 
it's got two cannons on either end of its hindquarters. It has a, a mouth-mounted laser beam. It has some power cell cylinders under its belly. So so like the Thunderjaw, a lot of other machines have just so many different ways you can approach them. And the Stormbird is no different. You could, for example, focus on its engines that keep it in the air. You could focus on the power cell that fuels its lightning gun. You could focus on the canisters that provide biofuel to it. You know, you could try blowing up one of those to to stun it momentarily. Um, there's a myriad of ways to tackle them, and I think that's what makes fighting them so interesting. Okay. okay. Uh, this is not really a question, but I just want everyone to imagine this. We all know that Hydro Kojima is using the engine for Horizon for his next game. Can, can we just imagine how amazing that's going to be? <laughs> I have imagined that. <laughs> it, is, it is quite something to think of that, especially when I, I'm, I think I've read that Death Stranding is going to be, like, he considers it an open world game, yeah. so um, that's a thing, but I also feel like with just the time that Kojima will have to optimize this engine, which is already an incredible engine, mm. and then he's definitely going to have some more linear levels, I would think, some more story-focused sections. How tremendous those could look in two years, in three years, is yeah. it's almost beyond imagination. I, 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 it's just talking about this makes me think of what he... It will be able to do with such an already amazing engine. Yeah, it's definitely one to salivate on that one. I'd forgotten actually that it was going to be that engine until you said that. Yeah, it's uh, I think the fact that everything about that game is starting to sound more and more like I'm not really making Metal Gear honest. It, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's ha- happy about it. Gear <laughs> of metals. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to sound very much like. Uh, a continuation of many of his Metal Gear ideas, which is cool. So, so. But either way, I, you, you've pretty much sold me on Horizon. I might buy it on Wednesday. I think you'll. I think. I mean, you know, we're all sitting here on this call. We're all PlayStation, PlayStation enthusiasts, right? At the end of the day, we love the brand. Yeah. We love the games that Sony chooses to put its its full resources and its yeah. full its full support behind. And if if nothing else, I think what I want to stress about Horizon, even more so than like a top five all-time story, great characters, the gameplay, everything. I think it's that it really does feel like the next big PlayStation meteor, like the next big franchise that will define us, that will define this brand that will, you know, its sequel will be announced at an E3 two years from now, three years from now, and just drop with this absolutely cataclysmic hype impact. You know, we're going to have Horizon 2 reaction videos in a few years. Like, it's it's that kind of game, which, it, just in the back of your mind, even even what, as I was playing it from a critical lens and finding things to complain about with it, I could still feel how important and how cool it was well, in that way. how much way. love that the studios put into it, pretty much. No doubt, no doubt. I just, I just have one more question. Um, of course. I want to pick it back to you saying it has a little elements of Uncharted, like the the climbing platform. When yeah. I've seen the videos, I also see it has, like, in terms of the the dialogue wheel for Mass Effect, the tracking of the animals like um, The Witcher. Mm-hmm. Right? The best, obviously, the quests like Far Cry. When you play Horizon, do you feel like you're playing those previous games, or you just feel Horizon is a total different game on its own? I definitely, like... Like I think the sum of all those parts makes Horizon its own game. I totally noticed those comparisons as I was playing it, but I think what it does is it 
is it trims the fat on all those things and makes them really interesting. Like something like the Witcher with the tracking that, that Geralt does with his Witcher senses, you're having to sort of constantly like bring up his senses again, find the trail because it disappears instantly. And you're always either just following like a scent or some claw marks or something with horizon. There's a lore reason why Aloy can do that. And even mechanically, it trims the fat a little bit. Like if you bring up her focus and you analyze environments and find like a trail of footprints that you want to follow, it's just a simple button tap. And now even when you exit her focus, that path is still highlighted on her map. So those small things really build up to kind of make her eyes in its own thing. The, the, the tall necks are another great example. Some people have compared those to Far Cry's towers, the, which you climb to reveal the environment. And sure, I guess in theory, you are climbing to the top of something to open up more of the map. But in Horizon, you have to usually fight through enemies or sneak through enemies to even get to that tall neck. And then you've got to figure out how to get on it, like Shadow of the Colossus style. You've got to either use some nearby rub- rubble to, to climb onto it while it's moving. You know, Just figure that puzzle element out. And then it just the fact that you're climbing to the top of an actual beast is really, really cool and, and very different than Far Cry. So definitely you notice the similarities while you're playing, or at least I did because it's kind of my job when I'm, when I'm reviewing the game. But I never... I never walked away from any of those features or any of those quests thinking, hey, this is just The Witcher light or Far Cry light. It totally is its own thing when you put it all together. Splendid. I think that uh, that's a good place to stop on that one, on to the uh, Horizon talk. That's, uh, thank you, Kyle. That was uh, good. That was a lot of info we've learned now. That's, uh, yeah, very well. Very welcome. It's been good. And uh, yeah, we shall see how the public now reacts to the the game, which is very interesting, especially with such a big gap between review embargo and uh, release. Uh, you know, I understand why, of course, it was earlier. I think it was just to get the hype built up in before the Switch release and all the other things going on at the same time. It makes sense. And I think there's also an element of confidence there. Like, you oh, yeah, should, like Sony clearly had an idea of how this game was and how, how the public would receive it, so um, that's killer. It really does live up to that expectation. Excellent. Well, I think we'll go from that to uh, our review prediction thing because uh, we could have done other stuff, but I think we've we've had a good long talk about that, and that's uh, that's a, that's a good chunk of time. So, last week, uh, Horizon was of course the first of our review prediction contests, and we all pitched in with our separate scores. The idea was to get as close to the open critic slash metacritic score uh, the by the time the next podcast rolled around now i'll just do a refresh and double check to make sure it's right but the final scores for now is 88 and that means that with a score of 89 the winner of last week's is oh me um <laughs> i'm so surprised um, yeah, uh, as you know, I voted 89, Mike and Alfonso voted 90, Ben 85, and Gary, who hates video games, voted 83. How <laughs> dare you. you. That sounds like a very fair characterization of Gary. 83, not enough snow. What? Yeah, he's used to it. He's used to it. So. Um, did want to do near this week, but the embargo, I think, will be ready in time for next week, so that's fine. So we'll leave that. The only other game I can think that comes out soon that's got a uh, 
uh, review embargo is still to come, is Torment, uh, Tides of Numera, Numera, Numenera. I can't even say it now. Numenera. <laughs> there you go. Numenera. 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 That's from the past. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I feel old again. Um, yes, yeah, so we will... Kyle, you can be our guest voter this week. Bringing it back. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, it. So boy. What do you reckon the average will be by this time next week for Torment Tides of Numeric? This feels like a 74 to me. Ooh, a 74. That yeah. Like... And, and I don't know. Do you guys like to back that up? Do you lend some of your own your own analysis to that random no, pull of the hat no. number? We just pull out. Not so much? Yeah. All right, 74. Uh, uh, well, yeah. It's new, so oh, we shit. might eventually. But for now, we just pull out a hat. Yeah, you can Literally, have I've got, I'm going to go get a hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will see. From what I've heard, that you know, I've heard some good things. I've heard some bad things, and it's so. I don't know. I depends on the reviewers being you know, of what age and what they remember of games like that. It's a. I mean, it didn't seem to be a problem with stuff like Divinity, which I think was got like something like 88, 89 in the internet. So. If it's good and is has that Planescape style to it, it could be higher. But I think the mixed scores will give it. We'll go seventy nine. Yeah, we'll go seventy nine. Mm. Gary, the person who hates video games, what would you give? Fifty two. <laughs> Watch him be closest. No, no. I, I was actually going to say the same thing. Kyle was seventy four. Seventy four. Seventy five. 74 or 75. You can have one. Fine, 75. 75. <laughs> um, Actually, not, not very many things get 70. I'm going to go with 74. 74. There you okay. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to the 74-10, Gary. <laughs> um, Alfonso, what do you reckon? You don't have to know anything about the game. Just I'm going to go with 77. 77. Oh, it's kind of a close-run thing. Uh, ben. Be our wild card. Because I've not heard of this game before, and because I don't know what it is, I decided to put it on random.org so it can choose the score for me. Oh, Why boy. Not? And it said, I'm going to give it a 96. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it sounds crazy, but he could be closer than us. There's a better, there's a better chance of that than six, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just to uh, reiterate... In a ascending order, Kyle and Gary on 74, Alfonso on 77, myself on 79, and Ben on 96. So we <laughs> shall see how that turns out next week. And uh, but as it stands, I have one point and I'm in the lead, at least for this week, and can bask in that glory. We shall see how, if the streak can continue. And in case so, everyone wondered, I didn't think you'd get too low a score, so I set the number... To 70 out of 100 for random generator. Oh, that's fair, fair, fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so, yes, it's been a wonderful podcast. I think we'll do our uh, closing things now. So, Kyle, as you are our guest after all this time, do you have any shout-outs and uh, contact things, anything like that you'd like to put out there? Ooh, the shameless self-promotion part of the podcast? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, the, the, I do the all the time. Activation. <laughs> well, here's what everyone listening should do. You should follow me on Twitter at Better Call Prawl. Um, P R A H L is my last name, the last part of that handle. If for no other reason than 
I occasionally share somewhat interesting video game news that you could also get from other places. But <laughs> on rare occasion, um, I've got something insightful to say, like about Horizon and other and other games that I review. And I think like I I love just talking about the review process. I find it incredibly interesting. And so if nothing else, maybe you just want to. Uh, shoot the crap and and talk to me about how I review games or how a review came to be. I think that that'd be a a cool little thing. I enjoy doing that. So yeah, um, appreciate that. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. I mean, I don't know. I think you, you guys, you guys know how to promote, right? Yeah. 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 Also, also I heard you're (laughs) on a little podcast that you should promote as well. Me as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Will and I, you know, Will and I kind of do our, our friend thing. He's he, uh, Will Robinson and I have been playing games together since we were, Oh boy, probably ten years old. Um, grew up in the same town. Our our friendship uh, blossomed around Star Wars Battlefront split screen. I'm sure a, a few people here have some fond memories of the same. Right. Um, and and we record PlayStation Fix uh, for PSU.com, and we like to just um, touch on some really just the trending news. Like we pick out a few topics from what's going on over the last week and kind of give our our take on it sometimes we end up just talking about horizon like we did uh <laughs> we did on our last recording but um yeah definitely give that a give a give that a peep if you care to playstation fix um Excellent. thanks ben i would have i would have i would have come back and will would have been yelling at me in slack tomorrow for not uh, <laughs> uh that's all right i would have done it if you i would have done it if you hadn't so yeah. appreciate it yeah well see that's what i meant you guys you got this nailed down <laughs> well well yeah it's uh that's open to debate on any given week, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. Um, ben, you've usually got a few things to say. Yeah, I've got say. quite a, 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 Thank you for being on, by the way, Carl. That's a quick little shout out there. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, shout out to uh, Evolved Male, a.k.a. Samus Rageborn, a.k.a. your girlfriend's favourite streamer on Twitch. A shout out to Klaus at Phoenix Down Radio. You can check phoenixdownradio.com for Phoenix Down Radio podcast. Also... Uh, for Moogle Go Round, I will be hosting Moogle Go Round tonight on Twitch. I'll be live streaming it for Fantasy Fourteen. We will have Samus on as a guest. A shout out to uh, pretty much everyone on Twitter who follows me. Oh, a shout out to Kalos if he ever listens to this. He won't, so I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shout out to everyone and Moogle you, Go Round. Go listen to Moogle Go Round. If you if you turn that piece of paper over to make sure there's no more. Uh, yeah, no, no, I don't. I, I, no, I'm investing in the prompter. <laughs> a whole prompter going up in the world. The brand is uh, getting bigger. So, Fair yeah. enough. Okay, um, Alfonso, what about you? Shout out to you, Gary, to you, Neil, to you, Ben. And um, thanks Thank for Carlos for joining in and um, you know, telling us about Horizon. Listening to your feedback just makes me want the game even more. <laughs> cannot wait to open because I've, I've pre-ordered the collective edition so i just can't wait to get that oh there you go and, well uh, sorry for making the wait a little more unbearable <laughs> uh and also sorry for just talking about myself it's very clear <laughs> that you guys are supporting other things and shouting out to other things i'm like follow me because i can't have enough followers <laughs> that's all right we'll come to that with me so it's fine <laughs> and as far as this whole metacritic sort of thing i think the person who ever gets close to it wins to have bragging rights. So Neil, since you won the first one, I feel whoever has the whoever has the bragging rights for that day should end the show with some witty comment or praise. So that, you know, close that, that's, that. that's not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll go with that's that. That's everyday thing for Neil. What are you talking about? <laughs> I always have the last word. Damn it. <laughs> 
my 96 will be true and you'll all praise me. <laughs> if your 96 is true, every everybody better make that their game of the year. <laughs> better not see any other nomination. <laughs> um, Gary, what about you? Uh, well, shout out to all the haters who hate video games with me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it like over in the hater camp? It's great. It's just, Do you all just like scowl at each other as you walk we by? All, we all feel like Batman. We're moody and we hate everything. <laughs> hey, we got confirmation earlier this a couple of weeks ago that X, um, you know, Mike bought Resident Evil for the Xbox instead of PlayStation. So you know, wait, what? Remember, he bought Resident Evil Seven for the Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be a hater of stuff. He is a hater. That's where he's at right now. He's in the hater club. Jim, <laughs> that's what the Jim is. Haters. <laughs> no, uh, just. To the to the listeners, uh, thanks for listening. As always, uh, always good to have you on, call, on Kyle. I haven't heard your voice in a long time. Oh, no doubt. But, Cheers, sir. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me. Cool. Um, that leaves it with me. You can get me on Twitter at Nesco. That's N E double Z K O, or Neil at PSU dot com on the emails. Um, feel free to any abuse that way it's uh, always enlightening um, that's it we will wrap the show up by saying thank you to Kyle for coming on and talking about Horizon um, thank you to Alfonso Ben and Gary for being them and that's just the wonderful things they are I will leave you with the immortal words of me and say good night I've had enough of this shit let's get the fuck out of here goodbye take care Praise Lava Scorpion.